one of the things to pay attention to is are your prospects friendly and cooperative? Because if someone's not going to answer me, I just let it go now. If there's someone that isn't friendly and cooperative and notice that the messages are being unread or being ignored, just let it go. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, and joined today, as always on Thursday, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I'm doing really well, Sam. How are you? I'm doing exceptionally well. I know. Well, you've now moved apartments. You're now living on the beach. You can see the ocean. It's funny. We were sitting here last night and I said, Leon's like, if you, if you look through the the balcony balustrade in a certain way, you can't see the sand and it just feels like you're constantly on a cruise ship. How how good's life? (laughs) (laughs) I don't like cruising particularly. I I think this is a, this is a function of, of, uh, growing up inland. Like I've never lived on the beach, except for in Darwin. I lived in Darwin for a year and of course you don't go swimming in Darwin because you get eaten by crocodiles. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but other than that, I've never really lived on the beach, so I don't really understand it oh. <laughs> like, like a beach goers do. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm definitely an ocean person, so yes, I'm very happy here. See, see clearly I have not lived. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I know Penny, Penny's a, a beachside girl, isn't she? Is she is, actually. Yeah, she grew up in, uh, in Byron Bay, so she, she loves the beach. That's a, that's a happy place. Absolutely. As, it is, as it is for many people. But, of course, our happy place is bringing this amazing podcast to you every week. And today we've got another really cool episode. We do. Today we're talking about pipeline management. God, that sounds so boring already. (laughs) Unless, unless you're actually making a sale and then it sounds exciting. So it's all about creating a fabulous sales pipeline so things are easy in your business. So let's start off. How would you describe a sales pipeline, Tim? I think a sales pipeline and Look, you can go and Google these definitions and stuff, but a sales pipeline is essentially the stages that you will take a prospect through until such time as they're a customer or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a couple of stages, right? Basically, a sales pipeline allows you to manage those different stages in broad sort of boxes, I guess, Mm -hmm. of readiness to buy from you. That's probably the, the easiest lay definition that I can come up with. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you have a, a different definition? No, I think that, that you've, you've, got, you've said that really well. In the opposite way, you, you're not going to have someone that stumbles across you and your service never having heard from you before, never seeing you before, not coming through a referral and, and seeing you once and buying. Like it just won't happen. There's going to be a process that they go through before they purchase with you. So it is that pipeline that that, that client is is moving through. 
Yeah, and I think it's really it's probably more important for for coaches and consultants. Right? We typically have a longer sales cycle than say, you know, driving down the street and going past a donut new donut shop and going, oh my god, donuts! You know, <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, and your sales pipeline, yeah, look, your sales pipeline really does include all of the people who are not yet ready to raise their hand. Right? This unwashed masses of leads that you might have. Uh, in your CRM, but typically you're not sort of managing the relationship with them. It's mm-hmm. really from the point where someone raises their hand and says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've clicked on a link or I've requested a call or I've downloaded a resource or something that sort of gives an indication that person's a little bit further on. They're almost ready to have that conversation. And this is where we start to, to manage our sales pipeline. Mm-hmm. But you and I both know that this is not what normally happens, is it? No. And... Let me tell you a story about a time that it didn't happen for me. So I, um, as you know, because I've mentioned it uh, on some of our calls, I will do a strategy call or a sales call, whatever you want to call it, and I will take notes by hand. And I've got a drawer in my desk where all of those notes go. And we're talking years ago when I didn't really manage my pipeline very well I remember one time going in my drawer to hunt through for something and found a stack of people that I'd spoken with and never spoken to again and I looked at all their names and went I could have had all those clients I never followed up because they went in the drawer and I forgot about them yeah, absolutely. And, and look, really we're managing these pipelines because there's a couple of things we know, right? We, we know that time kills all deals and we know that if we don't follow up, um, those you know, those leads are going to go cold, right? These, these people we've sort of started to help um, but never really sort of taken them to that next step. But I think what happens normally, and, and, and it's going to be different at different stages of business. We were talking about this just uh, offline a few minutes ago that, you know, if you're still sort of in this grind phase between sort of five and $10,000, it becomes really important to get some form of pipeline management process in place if you ever want to get into this 10 to 20 stability. And certainly if you want to sort of, you know, really sort of smash through that into, you know, the 20, 40 to 30, you know, the 20 to 40,000 sort of range of, of income into your business. Because we're not managing the relationships um, with that, we, we do drop these opportunities. We kind of forget about them and, and the, you know, the client or the prospect in this case, because mm-hmm. they're clients are sort of wondering like, well, do they, do they want to work with me? Where, where are things up to? And it's not that they don't have a need that needs to be solved. <laughs> they just go somewhere else, don't they? Well, that can happen, but there's also many times where you may speak with a lead and they're not thinking, oh, that person hasn't got back to me. They've probably just forgotten. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only busy person on the planet, you know, and if, if your prospect is a parent that's thinking about picking their kids up from soccer in 20 minutes and making sure that they get milk on the way home, they're not going to be thinking, oh, I wonder if, you know, Sam's going to follow up or I wonder if Tim's going to follow up. It's That's not even on their radar. Yeah, we have to own it. We have to really own this process, don't we, because mm-hmm. it's, we want the outcome. I mean, we want to deliver the outcome to them, but ultimately the outcome for us is <laughs> we want dollars in the bank. And if we don't manage this process, we can't expect our customers to, to our prospects to manage it for us, can we? Absolutely. And they now, won't chase us to give us their money. It doesn't happen like that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Actually, it's funny you say that in terms of a stack of things. I had the reverse. I mean, the opposite experience a few years ago. I, I put some, and I think I've told this story before. 
I put some uh, air conditioning and heating system in our house down here in Canberra. And you know, on days, winter days, it's it's a balmy sort of ten degrees today. So, <laughs> um, but uh, we had no heating and cooling. We knew our old system was was uh, was broken, and all the ducting was ripped up under the house. Right, so we got a flat roofed house, so it was all under the house. Mm-hmm. And clearly, possums had been into it or something, and, and ripped up a lot of the ducting, you know, to get into a kind of nice warm space. Right, so we would literally just. When it was on, we were just pumping hot air under the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, not very effective. Well, the possums were warm. But... Oh, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. And we had a, we uh, we spent um, a week in um, Port Douglas um, for a friend's fiftieth, and we had a bunch of tradies come in prior to that, thinking that while we were away, they could come in and do all the walk and we work, and we'd come back. Um, you know, at the end of May and it would all be fabulous and we'd sort of, you know, go through this new winter feeling you know, warm and cosy and, and whatnot rather than wearing our ski jackets inside. Uh, and the first three tradies that we had show up to the house, um, you know, here we go, this is our sales pipeline. We were leads. They'd come and done an evaluation. Uh, we never heard from again, never quoted or anything. How bizarre. They obviously did not want the job. Okay, didn't want the job. Fourth one quoted uh, on the spot and said, look, it's going to be $23,000. Mm-hmm. So not an insignificant sum of money um, to, to put a reverse cycle you know, heating and cooling system in. Um, and we said yes mm-hmm. while he was here. Okay, so awesome. Tick the box in terms of quick turnaround of quotes. Give it to us on the spot. We know that's a, a good sales technique. Uh, we said yes. Never heard from him again. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> what? And by the time we got to the fifth tradie, we've just gone, just I don't care what the system is, just put it in. <laughs> Make it happen. Pay us the pay deposit. Now, here's the thing, right? We've never heard from them again. Really? Okay. So there's even this post-pipeline management. But this is a really good example, I think, of what happens with a lot of businesses. Now, someone sends a, a, a request through our contact form, we email back and forth a couple of times and, you know, and then we sort of send the quote off in our inbox or whatever it happens to be and we, and we kind of don't keep track of where all of our opportunities are. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, not, we're pretty fallible as humans. We, we can't remember all these things and particularly if you're getting sort of 50 emails a day as we do between job inquiries and communication with your team and, and staff and, you know, uh, all the subscriptions that we want, you know, newsletters and stuff we subscribe to, which has got obviously really useful information for us, most of them, some of them, particularly Mm -hmm. yours, Sam. Uh, (laughs) But we we, kind of manage these things from inbox and something that's two or three weeks down into inbox, we we lose sight of. I lose sight of the day before in my inbox. Yeah. I had a client in Melbourne last year who did a very similar thing. They were managing their jobs out of their inbox and they would send out six quotes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, to different to do, people, right? To do to different people, to do bridal hair and, and makeup. So they, they had a really strong lead generation um, machine in place and they were getting delivering about six quotes a day. Mm-hmm. But some of those quotes would take up to two weeks to turn around. Okay. Okay. So you potentially got 72 quotes over a two-week period. Mm-hmm. You know, in a six-day week, seven, obviously a bit more, 84 if you've got a bit longer. Yep. Um, quotes out there in the market. Are you going to forget any of those or where they're up to? Uh, yeah. 
course you are, right? Some are going to be great. Some will turn around the next day and say, yes, we want to go ahead. Wonderful. Those are the ones you're going to focus on because you're going to get busy doing delivery. Mm. But the ones that don't turn around quickly, right, that's where our, that's where our opportunity, that's really, I think, where our real opportunities lie. Absolutely. And it's up to us to manage that. It's up to us as the business owner to follow these up. Uh, and uh, that's definitely what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, you were talking before, Tim, about the, the 10K ceiling or the 20K ceiling. I just want to clarify that, I guess, that you're talking per month. Yep. So the 10K ceiling is what we see a lot of coaches that hit that $10,000 per month ceiling and can't get through that. And you know, this is one of the reasons why, because they're not managing their leads very well. They're not following up. They're not paying attention to their pipeline. So they're continuing just to do business the way that they've always done. And you can't do that. You do need to change, you know, your activities, the way that you do business. You do need to do something different to get a different outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And it just means if, if you're not getting this right, you're always going to be searching for new leads. You're, you're going to find yourself forgetting to follow up. Um, another one of my clients um, literally bumped into someone he'd sent a quote to six months after the fact. He'd never followed up on the quote. And the guy you know, in the supermarket line says, oh, I've been meaning to sort of reach out to you. You know, I've, I've been waiting for you to kick off my website project. <laughs> six oh. months later. Wow. Um, you know, you, you'll get inconsistent sales if yeah. you're not doing this. And, and ultimately that leads to the unpredictability. And that's why you, you, you will find yourself sort of bouncing off this $10,000 um, ceiling. Now, if you get it right, obviously, you'll be able to go further and you'll be able to go further a lot faster. Now, obviously, once we get into the twenty and $30,000 range per month, there's... Uh, and 40,000 there's other things that go on right we, we will need to sort of potentially sort of shift our business model and and change the way we do business but this is one of those really fundamental things that if you don't get it right at this stage you're never going to progress are you absolutely absolutely if you want to connect with me tim hyde head over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect or if you'd like to connect with samantha riley you can find her at samantharileyglobal forward slash connect Now let's talk about what this could look like, pipeline management, because I know that uh, the pipeline, the way that I manage my pipeline now, I wish I had have been using 10 years ago because it's, it's specific for me. So I'm a very visual person. The way I was managing my pipeline was in a non-visual way. Where so how, how were you managing? It was, it was a list in a piece of software, just one list. And I don't, it just, for me being a visual person, it wasn't sort of a, a one look at something and getting that real overarching um, picture of where everyone was at. So now I'm using Trello, which is like a, um, if, if you haven't seen Trello, Trello is a project management software tool. Um, it's very visual. It looks like pin boards with post-it notes. Yeah, it's what we call like the Kanban board system, K-A-N-B-A-N board system, okay? And literally it does just create little tiles, like little post-it notes that you just mm-hmm. move along into different columns that represent where your, what the stages of your pipeline, doesn't it? Exactly. So I've got my columns set up as leads, initial contact, contact again in, in these on these post-it notes as well. You can put little notes about, you know, how you've spoken to them. Is it by phone? You know, whatever. Uh, and then I've got my last two are won and lost. 
because yeah. you're not going to win all your leads. I love using this method because I can see all the names on one screen. I can see how many people I've got at each level and I can get a really good overarching picture of, oh, maybe not so many in my leads column or maybe, you know, there's a few too many people in my contact again column. So it's very easy to get that overarching picture of where my business is at. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you've got a one and a loss column because I think that loss column you can actually get a lot of business intelligence with mm-hmm. um, and start to, if you sort of, you know, on a monthly basis go, well, who are the opportunities we lost? Why did we lose them? Mm-hmm. Um, were they the wrong customers in the first place? Yes. You know, or did I pitch the wrong thing? Right? There's a lot of intelligence in that board as well. And, and having those stages, we can also start to look at, well, if I think that... Um, you know, in my quote stage, it should be, you know, seven days. And I find that it's taking 14 days to turn around quotes. Well, there's an, there's an opportunity to start to look at that because we want to kind of really condense as quickly as our sales process down as quickly as possible. Mm. Mm -hmm. Obviously it depends on what you're selling and how big the product product or services you're selling. But there's, you know, we need to be able to sort of have this intelligence in order to really refine and improve our business processes. Absolutely. And and I just want to go back and touch on what you were talking about with that one and lost. I'm a big believer in you get more data from things that go wrong in your business than you do from the things that go right in your business. Oh, so having a look at that column of lost as well, you know, you want to know your conversions so that you can go back and exactly like you said, look at, well, why didn't I convert that person? Was it a system? Was it you know, did I do the wrong thing? Was it the right prospect? Was it my ideal client? Um, and I I'm, don't know about you. I'm sure this is one of the questions that you ask your prospects before they start working with you. It's certainly one of the things that I ask is, well, what is your conversion rate? And it's amazing how many people will say, oh, you know, 90, 95%. And you get into it and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Right now you're at 10%. <laughs> we, we got some fixing up to do. And that might be being generous. But yeah, it does give us a huge amount of sort of intelligence why we can start to look at what our average customer value is because I know that I, you know, I signed six clients this month for, you know, 40 grand, therefore X, you know, uh, it's worth X amount of dollars on average. It means we can sort of start to get some real intelligence about what we can spend to acquire that customer in sort of dollars or, or resources to bring them in in the first place. Um, but you, you're right. And I think there is, you know, just coming back to the tools, um, you know, using a Kanban board system like a Trello is, is really, can be really valuable in just seeing where things are up, up to. If you suddenly find that all of your things are at, um, you know, meeting your quote stage and you've got no new opportunities in, you will find that at some point you're going to have a hole in your revenue a little bit down the track mm. unless you fill those new opportunities. Absolutely. And there's nothing more exciting than dragging someone from one list into the next list. It's like, yes. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of a dopamine hit there. Absolutely. So how, how do you manage your pipeline? So I, I manage mine. Um, I mean, I'm fairly lucky inside Infusionsoft that, that I've got that I use in my CRM, there's, there is that sort of visual sales pipeline and I can see where my opportunities are. Um, and I, unsurprisingly, use a lot of automation um, mm-hmm. in mine as well. So I've, I'll use, when I drag an opportunity from one stage to another, I'm actually starting to trigger automations off the back of that as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're communication to customers. So, for example, if I move it into, quote, into a, an opportunity to quote sent, 
I will trigger a, an automation that waits two days and sends them an email to say, hey, just want to check in, you know, did you get the quote, etc. unless I've moved them on to quote review or, or quote approved. Mm-hmm. Sort of so we can do a lot of those sorts of things as well. Mm. Um, but some of the other ones on the market, I, I um, and also I think just, just before I go on there, um, you can also do some internal escalation as well. So I actually built automated workflows off the back of that. So that if an opportunity is saying at a particular stage for too long, it escalates internally to say, hey, this one hasn't moved in the time frame you've allotted, mm. which is important because we do, you know, if we're dealing with lots of opportunities, uh, which we will be at some point in our business, mm-hmm. if we're, we're alerted to the ones that um, might be at risk or not moving through our pipeline, again, it gives us that intelligence to say, well, am I allowing enough time in here to, for people to really consider this step? Um, or if I don't follow up on that one, that person could potentially go to somebody else. And we have talked about that before, that if you don't close the deal, it's not like they haven't solved their problem suddenly. They'll move yep. on somebody else. Absolutely. And this is something that I'm always talking to my clients about. If you don't close someone, that person's problem is still there. They still want it solved. And if you don't win that person's business, they will go and give their business to someone else. So you really, really need to be following up. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, so I use Infusionsoft. Um, I know there's some other ones that are on the market that do this really well as well. So um, Pipedrive is a, has a really good sort of visual sales pipeline, as does Active Campaign. has a has a great visual one that's you know can be ni- nicely color coded and tied into automation as well. So it's just about finding the right tool for you. Now that's just one tool, obviously, in your whole your whole framework, your whole yep. system, but. Um, I think it is about finding the thing that works for you, right? So I know Absolutely. one people which you use does have the ability to manage a, a pipeline mm-hmm. in a list format, but you mm-hmm. found for you using Trello a far more effective tool. Yeah, so and I tried Pipedrive as well. Yeah, that's right. I, I tried Pipedrive. I know that a lot of people, and I tried it because a lot of people were loving it. didn't work for me. It doesn't mean it's not good. It just means that I didn't like it. So... <laughs> You need to find something that works for you. Yeah, look, look if you wanted to go a low-tech, cheap solution um, and, and not online, I think online's a good one because you can start to access it from your phone and, you know, not from your desktop or from your office. But if you wanted a low-tech, cheap solution, you know, get a whiteboard and draw some lines on uh-huh. it. Write Have done that before. Yep. And um, get some post-it notes. I've definitely that. done that before. And that's actually a real, it's, it's nice if you've got, you know, an office of people who, who are, um, you know, want to see that you can do, work through that as a team. How often do you follow up, Tim? Uh, I would follow um, probably a couple of times a week now. One of the things I've done in my calendar at the moment is I've got an hour blocked out on Monday, Wednesday and Friday late morning mm-hmm. where I just review my sales pipeline and follow up. Mm. Yeah, nice. Right, so that that's and that sacred time, nothing else goes over that. I don't suddenly take a client meeting um, in that time, or or you know go to the doctors or whatever I'm going to might have to to do. You know that is my sales follow up time, and I'll literally go through my entire sales pipeline on, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'll review where things are up, what I need to follow up with, who I need to touch base with, and and kind of do that full review um, three times a week. What about Absolutely. you? Um, I will check in every day. 
I do a, a check-in every single day. And the reason I do it every day is because there might be people that, you know, I haven't touched base with for a couple of days. Something that I got um, from a mentor of mine that I want to, I guess, bring up. I used to think that you follow up all follow-ups or you follow up all prospects until you get the sale. You know, what's that, what's that movie from the eighties with the ABC always be closing? Closing. Uh, Glenn, yeah. Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross. That's it. Always be closing. <laughs> There's a fantastic scene with Alec Baldwin in that. Right? I love, I know what you thought. So good. It's so good. good. However, one of my mentors taught me one of the things to pay attention to is are your prospects friendly and cooperative? And this actually was a bit of a game changer for me because yeah. if someone's not going to answer me, I just let it go now. If you don't want to be friendly to me, then I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't you talk to me? <laughs> exactly. The people that, that uh, I work with are all lots and lots of fun. They all love to talk and, uh, you know, we all get along very, very well. If there's someone that isn't friendly and cooperative, don't just keep like follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up and notice that the messages are being unread or being ignored. Just let it go. Yeah. And look, that's, again, that's a, that's a lesson in itself. Um, you know, we could have an unresponsive stage in our, in our pipeline as well. Um, but that will tell you whether you're actually bringing the, people, the right people in in the first place. Correct. That's exactly look, what that means. I think, yep. it is, I think it's a really good point, though, Sam, that, you know, the friendly and cooperative is we actually want to work with people who want to work with us. Exactly. Right? Because then that's a win-win relationship and, and you're going to enjoy it a lot more than having to force someone through, you know, through your process. Well, you're starting off on the right foot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's talk very quickly um, before we wrap up. Let's talk very quickly about sort of what stages that you should pay, uh, pay attention to because I think if we're designing our pipeline, it's going to look, look, it's going to look different for everybody. And it looks different for different methods as well of reach out. You know, is it email? Is it phone calls? Is it, you know, selling by by chat or text. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, you know, we, we sort of came up with, uh, you know, six stages that you probably want to sort of build around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one of those is obviously a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's where, um, you know, someone's raised their hand to sort of come into your world and say, yes, I'm interested in having some form of, you know, that strategy plan conversation um, discovery call, whatever it happens to be, right? That's the new opportunity, right? And I think the other ones we can put into this new stage is where you've been introduced to somebody in the context of, hey, you can help this person, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, look, you know, there's someone over there that might be interested in your stuff, okay? We, we kind of, I think it needs to be the, yes, I'm interested kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? So that would be our new opportunity stage and everything goes in there and we very quickly want to move people out of our new stage. That's where mm-hmm. people sort of drop in. Um, again, if you're using automation, it might be, uh, you know, someone clicks on a link or fills out your, your online form, whatever. Those are the new opportunities. Mm-hmm. We just did through KPLF, everyone who put their hand up and we put them into our new stage and we just allocated those between each other. Mm-hmm. Second stage is really that qualifying stage and this is a really important one. I think to kind of where you do your research about this client to see whether they're a good fit for you to push, um, to send them on to the next step. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think a lot of people do this well enough, Sam. What are your thoughts on that? I would agree. I think that we want to know exactly who our ideal client is and qualify them to work with us rather than having a prospect reach out and almost audition you. Like, are you good enough for me to work with? I think that it needs to be the other way around. And we want to do this for many reasons. One, we want A clients that, you know, pay us well, that do the work, that get the success or the outcomes they're looking for, that refer. There's many, many reasons that you want to make sure that you've got Fun to work with. (laughs) Definitely fun to work with. Like my clients are so much fun. We have so much fun on our group calls. So if there's someone that's not fun, well, they're probably not attracted to me in the first place, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? There's this really cool saying that stuck with me from Warren Buffett. And it says the difference between successful people and the super successful is how often the super successful say no. Oh, I like it. And so true. So (laughs) true. And it's okay. It's it's really hard. And particularly, I guess, if you're going, I just just want this next bit of business. I just need this next bit of business. Um, Just to say yes to everything. Um, But I think it's actually, uh, it's a false economy Mm -hmm. in many ways. It, it, It doesn't bring in, as you said, it doesn't bring in the right people and you really should at this point be going, okay, hey, look, thanks very much for kind of requesting a call, but I've had a bit of a look at where your business is at and I don't think we're the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? I would certainly make some other recommendation, you know, go down the street. But um, you've got to, I think you've got to have the courage to say no up front, even if things are a bit tight for you. Look, especially if you're doing the business model that you and I both recommend, which is the one-to-many business model, if you have uh, are coaching in groups rather than one-on-one, this is really important to protect your group. If you have one person that comes in that doesn't fit into the group, it can, it can be detrimental to everyone. So it's really important to qualify. We had someone that didn't fit into a group, you and I did, um, yeah. and it was just so much easier to part ways. Yeah, absolutely. So rather than, and, and of course, because it does affect everyone else, it affects everyone else's experience. And, yep. and they will view it as you. Yes. Not necessarily the disruptive influence. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's okay. the second stage. Second stage, right? Third stage is obviously around meeting. Now, whether there's a meeting or sales meeting or, or whatever it happens to be, um, this is where you're actually going to meet your prospect and do your, your sales pitch. Okay, so this one's a fairly important one. Sometimes you might split it as to meeting scheduled and meeting completed um, if you want to, but ultimately there's a sort of point where we actually try to arrange that face-to-face or, or Zoom. I was just about to say, <laughs> I don't, uh, just, to, just to be when clear. Was the last time you had a face-to-face meeting? <laughs> just to be clear, I haven't done those for years. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had a face-to-face exactly. meeting. Right? Exactly, exactly. We're going to have some form of meeting, whether it's, a, whether it's a phone call or a Zoom meeting or something. I, I would generally try to recommend that we, we have some form of visual medium. Uh-huh. As well. I think that's really important when we do our sales meetings. Um, but you're going to have some form of meeting with a prospect where... Um, at, at this particular stage in the business. Right? Just about every sales pipeline will have this meeting stage in their pipeline. Absolutely. Okay. So next stage, that's third stage, fourth stage proposal. Fourth stage proposal. Now, I'm not a huge fan of proposals. I know you are neither, Sam. I prefer to actually do my sales calls, um, my proposals in my sales meeting and get agreement there, but it doesn't always happen. 
And sometimes we do need to send a proposal or a quote. And this is the stage where people are at, right? So you've had that initial discovery call and this is where you are proposing what it is that you're going to do. And it can even be, hey, here's the email just summarising what we covered in our meeting. Yeah. So, yeah, to be clear, I don't use this stage in my business at all, Um, but it does depend what sort of business you have. Obviously, if you're a tradie, for example, this is a very important um, stage. But for me, I don't use proposal stage in my business. Yeah, you just have that. You'll just close at the meeting. Yeah. Might be a second meeting sometimes. Yeah, it might be a meeting, meeting version (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Now, the last two stages, obviously, one and lost. Now, Mm -hmm. one is when you've gone, yep, we're on board. And lost is, hey, thanks for the opportunity to chat. Sorry, we weren't the right fit for you right now. Best of luck. Absolutely. Okay. And again, we're going to clear out those one loss from time to time. Everything else sort of moves through, but this is the end two stages, right? So your business should have, in general, those six stages. New, qualifying, the sales meeting, your proposal stage, and one on loss. Absolutely. So, Mark, what's your biggest takeaway from, from this episode or something you want to leave people with regarding sales pipelines? Look, I think the biggest takeaway um, is that it's critical to have a follow-up process document. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, your sales pipeline is effectively the documentation of your follow-up process. Mm. What we know to be true is that almost half of all salespeople never follow up at all, mm-hmm. right? which is astonishing. I would actually think that game. in the, like the, coaching and con- the coaching area, I would think it was more, way more than 50% from what I've seen way more than 50%. So please, please don't be in that statistic. Be in the statistic where you do follow people up. It's not spammy. It's not uncomfortable. Always keep in mind that your ideal prospect has a problem that they will pay you to solve. And if you know that you're the best person for the job, it is your responsibility to follow up because that way you're looking after your potential client. Absolutely, absolutely. So what are you going to do? Update your sales process? I think we've got it nailed, Sam. Oh, look, I'd like to say that we do. I think that both of us have a pretty good pipeline, but there's always room to improve in any business. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the rule. You should, um, you should certainly be reviewing everything in your business on a regular basis. And your pipeline is what you know, your pipeline, your stages. Is, is one of those things. I've been reviewing mine just recently. To say. I just had a phone call with someone this morning that's uh, going to be reviewing one of our critical pieces in our pipeline so it is always something that we're looking at improving guys hope you enjoyed today's episode of course if you did and you or you know someone uh who would find value from today's episode please like share comment um of course we will post this up in the thought leaders business lab community on facebook um, so come over there and join us and, and uh, put your comments and, and thoughts in the show notes. We'd love to know what you took away, what you're going to do differently, if anything. Yeah, um, and any questions that we've, maybe we've opened up a, a gap that you need filled. A can of worms. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> sometimes it does. Question. I'm going to find that out for next episode. Where does the can of worms come from? <laughs> There you go. Get a glass of wine and do your research. (laughs) Next week, we're going to be talking about how to package your IP. So as as a thought leader, it's really important to be able to package your IP in a way that people easily understand. And that's what we're going to talk about, different ways that you can do that. 
Sam, awesome, awesome episode. Great to see you again today. You too, Tim. And I look forward to seeing you again next Thursday. Thanks for listening, guys. Ciao, ciao.